Hello and welcome to the Legacy Church Podcast. We hope that today's message will inspire you to grow in your journey of faith. We believe that hope is for everyone. So, no matter where you find yourself on your journey of faith, we believe Jesus is willing to meet you right where you're at. So again, thank you for joining us, and we hope you enjoy today's message. Everybody, um, hey, welcome! If we haven't had a chance to meet yet, my name is Tony, and my wife and I are the lead pastors here at Legacy Church. Want to welcome you, especially if you are a visitor today, man. Uh, Legacy family, can we just welcome all of our visitors today? And we hope that you know that um, one of the things we like to say around here is that you're not just a visitor, but you are a guest. And so we hope that you feel the warmth of a guest in our home. Uh, if you haven't gotten a chance to connect with us yet, or maybe you are newer to us. Uh, we would love for you to fill out a connect card that's going to be located in the seat back in front of you. You can then turn that in on your way out in the lobby. Uh, we'd love to exchange that for a gift and get to know you. Uh, for the rest of you, welcome home. And at this time, it is the third Sunday of the month and it's second service. So middle schoolers, you can get on up and head on over to your class. Uh, so look at, the, look at the next generation. Look at this. Good looking kids too. Good looking kids. So you can head over to the lobby if you're in middle school and uh, Lane's already out there waiting for you. Uh, man, I'm so excited for today as we continue on with our series that we've called Relation Tips. How many of you know relationships are messy, but God has beauty in the mess at times as well, right? And we know this. We talked about this a couple weeks ago that the book of Genesis chapter 3 makes it very clear that in the midst of all the good things that God had created, there was one thing that was not good, and that was for man to be alone. But how many of you know it's much easier said than done to grow into healthy relationships? And so my goal with this series is that you and I would have practical, tangible things to be able to apply into our relationships and live out what it looks to be a robust and healthy community. And so if you've been tracking with us or maybe uh, you're visiting us, so I'm going to just quickly catch you up. A couple weeks ago, we launched this series. And the first kind of thing that we've got to understand is that for any healthy relationship, we've got to admit that things begin with us. It starts with us, right? We, we want to make it all about everyone else and how it's everyone else's fault. By the way, you can thank Adam and Eve for that because my boy Adam said to God, the woman you gave me. And then Eve goes, uh, the snake said to me, right? And so we all want to blame shit. We got to understand it begins with us. And last week we talked about the importance of our words, right? And how our words truly do matter. And so today I want to talk to you about this beautiful thing that God has designed for all of us called providential relationships, the God given relationships in our lives. So would you open up to the book of Math, uh, excuse me, Mark chapter 2. We're going to read the first 12 verses. If you don't have a Bible, there's one on the seat underneath you. If not, there's also this magical screen behind me that you can read from. And it says this, When Jesus returned to Capernaum several days later, the news spread quickly that he was back home. Soon, the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no more room even outside the door. While he was preaching God's word to them, four men carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. Uh, excuse me. Four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd. So they dug a hole through the roof above his head. 
Then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, check this out, seeing their faith, Jesus says to the paralyzed man, my child, your sins are forgiven. But some of the teachers, how many of you know haters are going to hate? Also, by the way, it's okay to laugh in church. If you're new to church, you can laugh around here, even at my bad jokes. It's okay. But some of the teachers of the religious law who were sitting there thought to themselves, what is he saying? In other words, haters are going to hate. This is blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. And by the way, what happened was they just hadn't recognized that the man in front of them was God himself. Yeah. Jesus knew immediately that they were, what they were thinking. So he asked them, why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier to say to this paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or to stand up and pick up your mat and walk? So I will prove to you that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. And the man jumped up, grabbed his mat, and walked out through the stunned onlookers. They were all amazed and praised God, exclaiming, we've never seen anything like this before. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you, God, because your word, it's, a, it's alive, it's active, it's sharper than any double-edged sword. And God, I know that your word is here to instruct us, to encourage us, to challenge us, to grow us. And so I pray that it does just that. No matter who we are today or where we are in our journey of faith, whether we've just kind of started this thing out or we've been walking with you for a long time. And Lord, I pray that to all of us, wherever we are, that you would speak to us individually. You would empower us to not just be hearers, but be doers of what you're calling us to do, God. In Jesus' name, give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and a pliable mind. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, if you were here last week, I mentioned that growing up, I was a kind of a scrawny, nerdy kid. You guys remember that story last week? And a lot of you just didn't believe me because you look at me and you're going, there's no way, right? So to prove to you that I wasn't lying to you, I present to you Tony Nunez circa mid-1990s right here on the screen. This, my friends, is your pastor. Buck teeth, glasses, bowl cut. That's a literal bowl cut. My mother put a bowl on the top of my head and cut around it. Come on, anybody else scarred by their mother's haircuts? Help me out here. <laughs> Listen, you're looking at that, and now you're looking at this. I'm telling you, if, he don't, if you don't believe he's a miracle worker and a way maker, I am telling you what, he is a miracle worker. He is a promise keeper, right? Come on, thank God for headgear and braces. They took care of those buck teeth. And you know, it's crazy what a haircut and some braces will do for somebody, right? You know? Um, so I wanted to prove to you guys that I wasn't lying to you. Because, you know, a lot of times, you know, pastors will get up here and you'll, you'll think pastors exaggerating just to, to get a rise out of people. No, 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 no. This is the nerdy guy I was describing right here. And if he can use me, if you've ever questioned whether or not he can use you, come on. He can use you. Anyway. And so you look at this kid and... And the reality is this, is as, as you look at this kid, 10 years old, had just moved to the United States from Guatemala, didn't speak the language, didn't understand the culture, didn't understand the nuances of even just the, the relationship here. And, and you look at this kid and you're going to find him at the bus stop and there's no way that as a fourth grader, you're going to go and make friends with this kind of nerdy kid, right? 
And so I found myself in the fourth grade on my first day of school waiting for the bus in Portland, Oregon, shivering because it's always rainy and cold and dark in Portland. <laughs> and I'm sitting there. I've got my, my, my belt, you know, hiked up all the way up above my belly button. My polo shirt is tucked in. I'm insecure. I got nobody to talk to. And no one is talking to me. In fact, everyone is avoiding me. And up comes this kid whose name was Kyle Heiner. He was wearing a WWJD bracelet. You guys remember what would Jesus do bracelets? He walks up and he goes, what's your name? And I go, by the way, only I can do this. You can't do this. Uh, I, don't, I don't speak the English. <laughs> Literally. I'm like, I, I, I. Uh, and so he slows down. He goes, what is your name? And so in that moment, by the way, my, my full name is Gabriel Antonio. And in that moment, in my 10-year-old mind, I thought the name Gabriel doesn't sound American enough. So I quickly thought, okay, Antonio, that doesn't sound American. Tony! <laughs> Here we are 25 years later, and my name is Tony. I kid you not. I'm not joking. I'm like, uh, Tony, my name is Tony. And in that moment, Kyle invited me to sit with him on the bus. And from that day on, he pointed to me. He said, hey, see that? That's, that's my house. You're welcome to come over anytime." And Kyle quickly became my best friend. And we went through elementary school, junior high, high school together. We learned what it was like to flirt with girls and not have them flirt back with you. <laughs> We, we, we learned what it was like to ask a girl out and have her reject you. Uh, we, we knew what it was like to ask a girl out and, and for her to say yes and then for us to figure out how to hide it from our Christian parents that didn't allow us to date. And so he taught me how to skateboard. He, we, we watched movies together. And, and, and for the first three, four years of me living in that neighborhood, I lived in the apartment complex while he lived up on the hill in a house. And every day after school, we'd come over to his house and he would teach me how to read and teach me how to speak English. And, and, and check this out. Eventually, eventually, as the years went by, his parents went through a terrible, messy divorce. And I was able to be there for him. We had our struggles and we were able to be good friends through it all. And, and check this out. His grandparents' church ended up renting my dad the building so that we could start our church at that time. What is... What does that have to do with what we're talking about today? Because, see, I believe God has providential relationships for all of us. This thing about providential relationships is really interesting because no matter where you're at on your journey of life, there's going to be people in your life that you can point to. And at some point or another, you've been able to say something like this about them. For example, I'm so glad they showed up in my life when they did. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or perhaps you found yourself saying, I don't think I would have made it this far without them. Or, or there is no way that I could have gotten through that without them. Or I wouldn't be where I am today had it not been for them. Any, anyone out there? Yeah. My, my point is this, is we all need what I would describe and label as providential, in other words, God-given relationships. When we use this word providential, this word providence, biblically defined, 
as follows. It says that, that the biblical providence of God is defined as God's caring provision for His people as He guides them in their journey of faith through life, accomplishing His purpose in them. And we all have different kinds of relationships. And I know that especially as believers, those that walk in the ways of Jesus, we're called to have people in our lives that we're influencing, that we're loving on, that we're leading them to Christ. And, and we need that. But today I want to talk to you about your inner circle of friends. I want to talk to you about those God-provided friendships that are influencing you, that are affecting your life, that are taking you somewhere. And Speaking of providential relationships, you know, I've had many of them. As I mentioned, my friend Kyle to this day, we're in touch. And he's, he's kind of living the dream that I once had. He's, he's got a, a farm and they raise horses and sheep, he and his wife. And uh, God just gave me different kinds of sheep. Come on, somebody. And so... And, and, you know, I, I have Kyle. There, there's, you know, I, I, I'll never forget the moment I met my wife. And it's no joke. We both knew it. The moment we saw each other, we're spending the rest of our lives together. Kid you not, the romance came later. It was like this instant thing, right? And so, but there's important people in all of our lives. And, and it wouldn't be fair if, if I'm the only pastor in this house showing you photos of me as a kid. And so one of the providential relationships that God has given me was my older sister, who happens to be Pastor Paula, our Next Steps pastor. And, and so, I just, I just want you to be able to see Paula and I back, you know, when... I think Paula's just gotten better with age. I just had to vastly improve with age, right? So, I, I want to look today through the lens of scripture, what a providential relationship looks like. Number one, a providential God-given relationship is going to lead you toward, not away from Jesus. I'm going to break this out here in just a second, but Mark 2, verses 2 through 5 says, soon the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no more room even outside the door. So while he was preaching God's word to them, four men arrived carrying their friend who was paralyzed, right, on this mat. And they couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, so they dug a hole through the roof above his head. And look at this. Then they lowered the man on his mat right in front of Jesus' feet. Seeing their faith. Look at this. I want you to look at this. Seeing the faith of the buddies, the faith of these providential relationships, Jesus then turns to the paralyzed man and says, my child, your sins are forgiven. Providential relationships will lead you toward Jesus, not away from Jesus. We see these four friends, they brought him directly to the feet of the master. I asked you last week, where are your words directing you and others? Today, I want to ask you, where are the important relationships in your life leading you? And the other side of that coin is, where are you leading others to through your relationship with them? You see, you and I, we can have all kinds of friends. And there are some friends that are going to lead us towards Jesus or away from Jesus. 
And I'm telling you, when it comes to that inner circle, to the people that God has provided for us, by the way, the definition, to fulfill His purpose in our lives, we've got to be able to pass it through the filter of, are they leading me to Jesus or away from Jesus? What do you mean by that, Tony? I'm glad you asked. Four different ways that they lead us to Jesus. Number one, towards his ways. Number two, towards his word. Number three, towards his house. Number four, towards his bride. A providential relationship goes, we're going to go towards the ways of Jesus. Not towards the way of culture, not the ways of man, not the ways of kind of my own wisdom and my own understanding. By the way, nothing wrong with life experience and getting educated. But if I am not directing my life towards the way of Jesus, and that's not my barometer, then I'm headed in the wrong direction. And so, my friend, what kind of friend will you be and what kind of friends are you letting into your life? Are they leading you towards his word? Or to other opinions out there. And you know, I, I know I talk about this often. Why? Because it's a value that's on our wall. We are faithful to the word of God. That doesn't mean that we are perfect or that we know it all or that we go to the word of God for more information, right? We talked about this. We go to the word of God for transformation and impartation, not just information and argumentative things that we can throw on Facebook. Come on, somebody. But what we do is this, is, is sometimes the reason why we allow others to lead us away from his word is because we don't even know his word. We can't even recognize then. Wait, 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 wait. This does not align to the word of God. A providential friend leads me towards his word. A providential friend leads me to his house. What I'm about to say I know is not a popular message in 2023 Meridian, Idaho. Where in our culture, in our day and age, we have removed the reverence and the importance of the assembly of the saints. Consistently. Where we have said, well, now that's just religion. Or we've labeled it now as organized religion. Almost as if our forefathers in the early church didn't make this a practice that has withstood the test of time. So what am I telling you? There are friends that are going to fill up your weekend schedules. And if you aren't careful, those plans don't include the house of God. My providential relationship should be leading me toward Jesus, towards his house. I'm leaning into his house. I'm building his house with him. I'm building his people with him. Uh, this is a priority in my life. By the way, I am not saying this because I get a raise for every extra attendee that comes into this church. I'm saying this because I love you. And there's something to be said about the house of God. And when I turn my attention and my affection towards it, it's all throughout Scripture. There's things that can only happen in the house of God. There's, a rever there's something beautiful and reverent about the pl holy place, the holy gathering, where His people come together and it's a priority, no longer an option. Men, I got to talk to you today. Fathers, I got to talk to you today. Don't come at me in 10 years when your children haven't made a, and ask me why your children haven't made God a priority when you ain't making church a priority right now. When you don't make the house of God a priority and you're not saying, kids, it's no doubt about it. Our alarm goes off at this time on a Sunday morning and we're in the house of God, whether we're dragging our feet or not, don't come at me 10 years down the road and go, pastor, why does my kid not prioritize God? I'm going to take you back to today and go, did you prioritize the house of God? Yes. 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 
Man, I'm, t- I'm coming after you. I love you enough to do this. Come on, we, we lead our wives, we lead our children to the ways of Jesus, to the house of God. We make it a priority. Ladies, you lead your husband, you lead your children into the ways of Jesus. Come on, you, you breathe that into them. You help them in it. You breathe life into them. You go, we're going to the house of God, honey. That's where we find joy. That's where we find healing. Come on, somebody, anybody out there, help me out here, right? We have got to become a people that go, we're going to guide our friendships, our relationships towards the house of God. Why? Because it's his bride. And I know this isn't a message on on the house of God, and I got a ton of things to to talk about today, like always, uh, but... But you can't say you love Jesus and not actually actively live out your love for his bride. I'm going to leave it at that because I do have a lot more to say. A friend's going to lead you toward Jesus, not away from Jesus. By the way, this doesn't mean that that this friend, this person has all the answers or knows it all. But they know who to point you to to get those answers. They know what wisdom comes from above. By the way, uh, we find a perfect example of somebody that didn't have all the answers, but at least knew, I'll point you to this Jesus guy. In the book of John, chapter 1, we see a beautiful story, verse 43 to 46. Quick little snippet in scripture. It says, the next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, come follow me. Philip was from Bethsaida, Andrew and Peter's hometown. Verse 45, Philip, look at this, went to look for Nathaniel. Philip went and sought out his friend. And he said to him, We have found the very person Moses and the prophets wrote about. His name is Jesus, the son of Joseph and, uh, from Nazareth. Nathaniel goes, Nazareth? What good can come from Nazareth? And look at this. Philip doesn't go, Let me theologically explain this to you. Let me, let me give to you all the answers and let me, let me sh- reveal to you the great wonders of this God. Let, let, let me go ahead and show you all the books on my wall that I... No, no. He goes, come and see for yourself. Do you see the power there is in an invitation? Some of you are seated here today. Some of you are watching online today because someone at some point said to you, Come and see. Come and see for yourself. And here's what I want to tell you. You want to be one of those providential friends who leads your, your, your friends to Jesus and not away from Jesus? Learn about the power there is in your invitation. You, a friend of mine once said to me this. You have no idea what is hanging in the balance of you not giving up on someone. You having faith for someone else. You activating your own faith and it affecting someone around you. It says here in the fifth verse of the, of the book of Mark chapter 2 that it says Jesus saw their faith. And due to the four men's faith, now this man isn't just healed, his soul is saved. Are you catching what I'm throwing down? Excuse me, are you catching what the word of God is throwing down today? There's something powerful about my invitation. Something powerful about my faith being active in such a way that it changes the lives of those around me. By the way, some of you are single in the room, and, and, and i got to tell you this. Sometimes in the church world, we overlook the single people. Not on purpose. 
Sometimes we talk a lot about marriage. And in this relationship series, I'm going to talk about the calling of marriage and the calling of singleness. So go ahead. And some of you are not called to single. Maybe right now you're in that moment of, I'm single, but I'm you know, ready to mingle, if you will. Uh, but you know, like, you don't really want to mingle. You're just like wanting to figure out, hey, who, what's the next step? Let, let me give you some, hopefully some sound advice here. If you're looking for somebody or, or, or you're waiting for God to put that person in your path, man, if they are not pursuing after Jesus and they're not headed towards Jesus and their life is not Jesus-centered, you might want to go the other direction. No, but pastor, I can totally like win them over. Leave that up to somebody else. I'm just love you enough to tell you this, okay? Here's what I found. I found four elements to be true in any providential relationship that has led me towards Jesus. Number one, I get biblical and wise insight. I get godly encouragement, Holy Spirit directed perspective, and ultimately they're going to point me to the hope of Jesus. A providential relationship that leads me towards Jesus involves, look at the triune nature of our God in this right here. You see God, you see Jesus, you see the Spirit of God. So the biblical and wise insight is not just, okay, girl, this is what I read in a blog. This is what you should do with your husband who's frustrating you. Some of you are getting tired of that voice. I still think it's pretty funny. Come on. No, no, biblical and wise advice goes, no, okay, girl, let's go to the word. Gentlemen. It's not, yeah, bro, I mean, that, that's, that, yeah, my buddy went through the same thing, bro, and, like, that's what he did, too, and, like, yeah, you know women, that's how they are. Right, because, by the way, that's how most of the guys, my guys talk, right? It's not, hey, what does the Word of God say about that? Like, hey, let's, let's go look to the Word of God. Book of James says that if anybody needs wisdom, to, to ask for it, and he's going to give it generously. So, come on, brother, uh, let's read about this. Yeah. Let's get some insight from the Word of God. I'm going to encourage you in the Lord. Man, brother, I see what God has in you. You're, you're this, you're that. You, you know what? This is what God's developing. This is godly encouragement. It's not just, I'm going to give you a big head. It's not just, you're brave. No. Come on. I understand. Guys, I mean it. I get the sentiment. I've said this before, and I'm going to say it again. I understand the sentiment of like, you know, women trying to tell each other they're brave. But what happens when you aren't brave? You're strong, girl, and you walk away going, I gotta be strong. I'm not strong. Right. No, no, godly encouragement is in your weakness, he is strong. Godly encouragement is, man, look at your identity as a son or a daughter of God and look at all that that entails for you. Look at the inheritance you've got. Look at the well you get to tap into. Come on, let's go drink from that well together, my friend. Are you, are, you, are you getting this? Are you getting something out of this? Good, because this is the service they're going to podcast, so you know, make it sound good. <laughs> I'm just teasing. Number two, number two. You still with me? Yes. Oh, by the way, no, no, let, let's go back right here. Yeah, I got to make a point of this. Um, ultimately, these, these pro, uh, providential relationships are going to lead us to hope. And I got to tell you this. Um, I don't want to be in a church filled with people that have things that even say hope for all on the wall, yet we don't live like it. 
Like, hope is everything to us. Yes. Yes. Uh, it, it, this is what Jesus came to do. Right from the moment his birth is announced, the angel declares one of those beautiful, and it's not just for Christmas time. It says, don't be afraid. I bring good news, great joy, great hope for all people. And some of us are moping around like, yeah, yeah, Christ in me, hope and glory. What? Live like it. Act like it. Christ in you, hope for glory. Come on, some of y'all got to kind of bolster yourselves up in that and start acting like it, living like it, testifying like it, because Christ in you is hope for glory. Okay, number two. I'll stop yelling. Let me take a sip. Providential relationships will carry you and also challenge you to carry with them. The second part of the second verse here in Mark 2, while he was preaching God's word to them, now verse 3, four men arrive, look at this, carrying their paralyzed friend on a mat. I got to tell somebody here today, it's okay for you to be carried. If I could, if I had the time, I'd go through like a good daddy would, grab you by the face, go, it's okay for you to be carried. There's going to be seasons in your life where you can't carry yourself and it's okay for you to be carried. You go to our website just even right now. And on the homepage, it says it's okay to not be okay. It's not just a cute tagline. We believe in this. There's going to be moments in your life where you won't have the strength to carry yourself. You won't have the ability to, and you don't have to muster it up. And when you have providential relationships that God has provided, there are going to be people around you that go, I got you. I can carry you. And I believe some of you in this room, whether you're in this room or online, I think like me, if I'm honest, at time, as if I haven't been honest up until this point, if I'm brutally honest, at times the reason I can't accept people carrying me is really out of pride. Right? It's the self-sufficient life. It's I got this. No, my friend, you don't got this. And it's okay to say, I don't, I don't got it. It's funny that Lane uh, opened up, our youth director opened up the service with Isaiah 41. Obviously, at this point, it's the second service, but he did the same thing for a service. And he and I hadn't talked about how I was going to read to you Isaiah 41, so I don't need to anymore. But I want to remind you that when you need to be carried, there's a righteous right hand willing to carry you. Mm. I will strengthen you and I will carry you, says the Lord. It's okay for you to be carried. And the beautiful thing about God is he uses people to be his hands and feet. So he gives you people around you that go, I I got you, brother. I got you, my sister. Providential relationships say to you, I got you. I'm here. I'll shoulder this with you. By the way, in my own personal life, you may or may not know this, but the month of August was a difficult month for me and my family. Super difficult month. You know, as our six-year-old daughter was hospitalized for three weeks, 10 days of uncertainty, just craziness, right? And I mean, it, and it wasn't the Nunez's first rodeo, but it certainly was one that almost did us in. 
I gotta be honest with you. I, mean, I already went into that battle weary. It was hard. I, I had moments of like, I've, I've never said this before. I was like, I'm having a joke moment, God. Like, when is enough enough, right? You know, I've literally never said that before. And you know what carried us? Your prayers. You know what carried us? Those DoorDash gift cards that keep on giving. Thank you, because I love me my crumble cookies at 10 o'clock at night. (laughs) Somebody asked me, Pastor, why do you run so much? And by the way, I signed up for my very second half marathon ever in my entire life. I got seven weeks. I got seven weeks to lose about 30 pounds and put in more miles. But somebody asked me, why do you you run so much? I'm like, because I love crumble cookies at 10 o'clock at night. And that's the only way to even out. Come on. I'm I'm sure there's other ways, but I don't want to look at those ways. You know, maybe like self-control. Anyway, back to being carried by you. Right? What carried us? It was, it was people going, hey, we're go- we want to have some intentional time with your other kids. We're going to take them out on a date. We're going to go have fun with them. It, 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 was, it was notes. It was cards. It was these specific gifts. Like, here's your children. We see them. It, it's, it's, the, it's the support we felt when we needed to be carried. And now, how do we now do that for others? How do we not just do that for, quote unquote, the pastors, but how do we say, I'm willing to be carried, but I also got four guys around me that are saying, who are we carrying together? Come on. Because in addition to being carried, there's got to be something about a providential relationship that goes, I'm surrounded with people that are willing to go, David, let's go. We're going in this together. We're going to go carry so-and-so. So my question to you today is this, is who are you carrying? Who are you serving? Who are you caring for? Paul instructs the church in the book of Galatians chapter 6 to bear one another's burdens, to shoulder things together. This is what the English Standard Version says, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. But you know, I don't like to give you a scripture without the reference or the context of it. So in the New Living Translation, let's put that up, verse 1 through 3. Look at this, before and after. Dear brothers and sisters, If another believer is overcome by some sin, gasp, throw them out, judge them, kick them to the curb, treat them like they're... Okay. Look look at how Paul words this. (laughs) The Tony Nunez paraphrase is this. You think you're so holy then you that are holy should have gentleness and humility to help that person back onto the right path. Dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path. And once you've done that, go, I would never do what he did. (laughs) Is that what the Word of God says? No, it says, and be careful... Not to fall into the same temptation yourself. Share each other's burdens. There it is. And in this way, obey the law of Christ. If you think you're too important to help someone, you're only fooling yourself. You're not that important. (laughs) Some people are like, God's word is just confusing and boring. I don't know what you're reading. 
This ain't boring or confusing. This is pretty darn clear. By the way, when it comes to bearing one another's burdens, we learned three weeks ago that love doesn't keep a record. But you know what we do sometimes? Do you know what I did for you five years ago? I mean, I don't know if you remember, but I've been with you through thick and thin. Like, do, do, do you remember when I took your kids out, Tony? Like, while you were in the hospital with your daughter? I'm not saying that, that you guys are doing that. I'm just giving an example. No, I mean it. I'm not saying that any of you have done that. But we do that. Yes. Right? We go, I'll come and shoulder this with you, but I'm going to keep track. And in the moment that the you-know-what hits the oscillator, I'm going to throw that back up in your face, everything I've done. Some of you are still laughing or catching up to the joke that you're supposed to laugh at. <laughs> Shouldering something with someone doesn't mean I keep track of all I've done. It doesn't mean I keep record. It's not tit for tat. Let me tell you this. Providential relationships understand that the scale will never be even. You know, just this couple of last weeks or so ago, uh, somebody here at the church who's been a good friend of mine, we've had a lot of frequency and kind of hung out a lot and had lots of conversations over the years and stuff. Because of just how crazy my life has been the last couple of months, I just hadn't even reached out to this guy. And so I saw him in, in the church parking lot two weeks ago, and I literally, I booked it from the front door, you know, almost stopped traffic, and, and, and like, you know, and I'm like, hey, and his, I won't say his name, you know, I'm just like, bro, I, I'm so sorry, I've been out of touch, I have not talked with you, I have not texted you, it's been so, I'm so, and I'm like, I'm sorry, man, I've been a terrible friend. And he looks me in the eye, in the eye and he goes, Tony, if friendship was tit for tat, it wouldn't be friendship. And I wonder how many of us are willing to be that kind of a friend. The kind of friend that goes, I am going to carry things with you. I'm going to shoulder things with you. This is why Ecclesiastes chapter 4 says that when one falls, the other one stares there and goes, get back up. No. It says when one falls, the other one picks them up. By the way, we don't do this to spy out people's faults. We don't do this to keep track. You might be here today and you might be going, Tony, this all sounds great, but it's pretty difficult considering I can barely respond to texts to my friends on time. Somebody out there? Can I tell you, God has gone before you and prepared a way and modeled for you and I how to burden, how to shoulder the burden with people. This decision that we've got to make, that we're going to be willing to carry people on our shoulders, carry things for them, with them, together. This decision has got to be a God-centered, Jesus-inspired, Holy Spirit-empowered decision to live this way. Charles Spurgeon, one of my favorite preachers, says it this way. I'm almost done, you guys. He had, by the way, don't get distracted. There's going to be some movement here in a second. Old school English. He had been before thee. He had smoothed the way. He hath entered the grave that he might make the tomb the royal bedchamber of the ransomed race. The closet where they lay aside the garments of labor to put on the vestments of eternal rest. In all places, and this word here just means wherever we go, the angel of the covenant has been our forerunner. And now check this out. 
Each burden we have to carry, he has once, oh, excuse me, has once been laid on the shoulders of Emmanuel. I'm going to say it to you one more time because you were distracted by the handsome men next to me. Each burden that we have to carry has once been laid on the shoulders of Emmanuel. When we carry one another, we're partnering with Jesus and his work. And let me tell you, there's nothing more beautiful than a friend who sticks closer than a brother and is willing to go, hey, I've got you. You know, so to kind of show you what this can look like, and I'm just going to move this forward a little bit here. To show you what this can look like, what it looks like to have a friend who's willing to go, I've got this with you. I'm going to invite my really buff 14-year-old son to come up here. Gabe, why don't you come on up? And Gabe, you're going to show them just how you're willing to shoulder things with me. So I want you to lift up this table with me on it. With all that you've got, buddy. Okay. Okay, son. Tap into the Lord, okay? Just like I told you, you got to shoulder this with me, okay? Okay. All right. But what happens when I call Anthony Velasquez? When I call up Kevin Anthony Bautista? Danny Hoover. When I call up Jaden. When I call up Mike Blessing. When I call up Jason Billis. So what happens now when my 14-year-old son who's going, I'm going to do my very best dad to shoulder this with you. And he gets around these people that are on willing to now shoulder this together. And, and now they're going to hold it there because I'm going to make them earn this, okay? I'm just teasing. Go ahead and put me down. Yeah, we're good. We're good. I'm afraid of heights, y'all. <laughs> Let's hear it. Let's hear it for her. Do you see the power? Yes, yes. And when I get around people and I go, you're not in this alone. That's right. We, we have got this. Exactly. Let's shoulder this together. Some of you ladies are jealous that I didn't call you up. I just didn't want you to show up the men. <laughs> Band, you can come on up. And I've got one more scripture for you. Is that okay? And then one last point. Yeah. I, actually, it's probably going to be a couple more scriptures. Is that okay? We're almost done, though. You can put your seatbelt on. We're going to begin to land the plane. Psalm 68, 19. Look at this. Praise the Lord. Praise God, our Savior. For each day, He carries us in His arms. Other translations say he carries our burdens daily. The final thing I want to say to you today is this. The third and final point is providential relationships are willing to dig deep for your sake. Mark 2, verse 3. These four men, they arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. I want you to pay attention to this. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, so they left him there to fend for himself. 
They couldn't get him to Jesus because of the crowd, so they said, you get yourself up, cripple. They, they couldn't get him to Jesus and said, you know what? We're late for dinner. Figure this out. They couldn't get him to Jesus' feet because of the crowd. So they go, um, clearly somebody sinned in your life, which is why you're cursed. And so figure this out and we'll see you. Is that what the Bible says? What, what, is, what does the Bible say? Come on, it's going to appear on the screen. There it is. It says, so they dug a hole through the roof above his head. And then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. Say with me, whatever it takes. A providential friend is willing to dig even through the muck, even through the mud. By the way, these huts were constructed, the roof of these huts were constructed of different materials. And essentially, it was a combination of different animal dung and mud. Is it okay to say in church, you need a friend that's willing to dig through the you-know-what of life? They're willing to dig deep. They were willing to do whatever it takes, whether it was animal dung. I'm going to get my hands dirty. You know what? My hands are going to smell after this. It ain't going to look pretty. People are going to be like, what are you doing? But I'm willing to lead my friend to the feet of Jesus. This is why... We don't give up on one another. This is why we do whatever it takes. This is why we go, man, you, you, you need Jesus. You, you need, I'm going to dig for your sake. The other side of digging, I'm going to get after you for a quick second and then we're done. Okay, I still love you and you're still going to love me after this. But the other side of somebody digging is who have you intentionally built a God-fearing, trustworthy relationship that you've welcomed into digging into your life without you canceling them? Or do you keep people at arm's length away so that no one really can dig into your life? So that no one can go, hey, 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 wait a minute, Tony. I see you in private. And it's not lining up to what I'm seeing in public. Let's talk about this. You've welcomed me into your life and I love you and I've proven to you that we have a trustworthy relationship and we want the best for one another. So I got to talk to you about the way you just talk to your kids, Tony. No, no, no. T Tony, I, I see God doing this in you and, and you're kind of swaying the other way. Like, I'm going to dig into your life. Or are you the kind of person that I've intentionally set up barriers so no one has to dig and no one gets to dig? I'm going to encourage you to begin to build God-honoring, trustworthy relationships that go, not only do I have your back, but I have your best interests at heart. And because I can trust you, you've got the permission to dig. You can dig. you get something out of today's message yeah. okay all right we're out of time so this is what we're going to do today 
I'm gonna pray for you, but I'm gonna encourage you to respond in some sort of way today. Whether that is today you need some prayer. Maybe that prayer is, I don't, I don't know about this relationship with Jesus and I kind of want to know about how to start a relationship with Jesus or I'm ready to make that decision or maybe I've made that decision before and I've walked away and I want to come back. If that's you today, at any point during this next song, you can head over to the prayer corner. We've got people there ready to pray with you, answer questions with and for you. They're not going to judge you. They're not going to be weird. They're beautiful, amazing people. I personally, they're, they're one of those providential relationships in my own life, by the way. If you need prayer for anything that we talked about today, you can leave your seat at any time and head over there and get prayer. I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet in just a second after I pray for you. And there's also communion tables up front. And you can come and partake of the broken body of Jesus and, and his blood that was shed. And none of what we're talking about would be made possible without the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. This hope we've talked about, it, it wouldn't exist if it wasn't for Jesus. These kind of Jesus-centered relationships wouldn't exist if it wasn't for the man named Jesus. And so every Sunday we like to remember and celebrate his victory over death. And we're going to sing a song. But would you stand to your feet and let me pray for you? I've got a specific prayer I want to pray for you. Father, I pray for those of us that are right here in this room and those online. The areas of our lives, God, that need some digging, I pray you, you would come and you would do that. And God, let us give you the permission for that. I pray you help us get intentional about building some God-honoring relationships so that there can be people that can dig into our lives. I pray for all of us here, God, help us to also be the friend that leads people towards you, not away from you. Help us, God, to be the friend that shoulders things, that carries things with others, not keeping score. And help us, God, to be those people that are willing to do whatever it takes, dig through whatever we need to dig through to make a way for people to come to you and your feet. I pray for the people in this room, God, that maybe have been hurt by different relationships. Because what I preached about is a little risky, God, because the reality is this is a lot of us can put ourselves out there and we can get hurt. I pray, number one, God, that you would heal their hearts. Heal those wounds, God. Only you can do that. And in that, Lord, I pray you still give us a soft heart and not allow us to grow jaded or hard-hearted and be closed off to relationships that you may have for us, Lord. I thank you, Father, for what you're going to do and what you're going to continue to do as the author and the finisher of our faith in all of our lives, God. I thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's go ahead and respond together. Thank you once again for joining us today. We hope today's message encouraged you, challenged you, and caused your faith to grow. If you enjoyed today's message, we highly encourage you to subscribe to this podcast. That way you don't miss out on any future messages. To get to know us, to get connected with us, and to know how you can best partner with us, head to our website, LegacyChurchID.com or come see us in person at our campus in Meridian, Idaho. We look forward to connecting with you. May God bless you and have a great rest of your day.